This dwarf cast is dedicated to Paul Giacchetti, also known as Carney, Red Dwarf superfan, encyclopedia author, and GNT regular, who passed away earlier this month. Welcome to the Ganymede and Titan Dwarfcast commentary for Series 8, Episode 8, Only the Good. We're sorry. Uh, I'm Ian Symes and I'm joined by Jonathan Capps. Hello. And Danny Stevenson. Hello. And we're also joined by the fan club's Joe Sharples. Hello. So, listen to us now talking about the episode, and if you want to watch the episode as well, then line it up after these pips. Don't. There ain't no place in the whole of cyberspace. www.ganymede.tv Yay. So Only the Good is, according to the Silver Survey, the 58th best episode out of the first 61. Uh, fourth bottom. Uh, but also, it's the fifth best episode in Series 8. Because all of the bottom five places were taken up by Series 8. Um, it Christ. was the lowest placed episode that one person uh, voted as their best episode ever. Yeah, that was the troll uh, oh. uh, one, I think. <laughs> well, there, was, there was definitely everything. someone that just reversed the broadcast order. Ah. Um, he was discounted, but there was someone that did a, ah, didn't expect me to have that opinion Oh, reverse right. wrong, uh, reverse correctness list, <laughs> and we left him in for some reason. Uh, well, because yeah, you can't be sure whether that's yeah. the case. But uh, what we can all agree on is the shitness of this font. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Which I know that this was eighteen years ago. Now this series, just to make everyone listening to this feel old, unless you're less than eighteen years old. Uh, but even then, it seemed really old-fashioned yeah. and like an outdated version of the future. Like something you'd get in sort of McCoy era Doctor Who. Yeah. But, and this was ten years after that. And, that. and that is a still from a good title se- uh, model sequence in the opening episode with some sort of painted up speaker pasted on. It's just uh, not very good, this episode. Yeah. It um, obviously wasn't intended to be the last episode of Series 8. It was supposed to be Earth afterwards, which was going to tie oh. up the series forever. The famous Earth, yeah. Yeah. That is one of the earliest examples of like unseen or, you know, could have happened Red Dwarf that we knew about. Cause I think it must have been mentioned. Yeah, it was. 90s, like at the time. No, there were, I remember um, the updates in Better Than Life uh, every yeah. few months. Very candid. There were, yeah. They had like full list of these are the episodes like before they'd even been into studio. When you look now, and we, yeah. you know, the the episode titles are released only a few weeks in advance, or pasted on the back of a Blu-ray yeah. a year in advance. <laughs> but that's not intentional. Also, but yeah, it was they announced way in advance that there were seven episodes. The first one of which was an hour-long special, and um, there was only uh, Pete was only one episode at that point called Captain's Office and then Untitled and then Earth was the last episode. So that's what a series looks like before it gets completely shafted by whatever the hell Series yeah, 8 was shafted by. Yeah, the same budget as Dinner Ladies. Yes, they may mention that in the book. <laughs> Still, Mac McDonald is a nice man. He is. <laughs> but this is not a good I've, scene. I've never got on with his um, portrayal in 
in series eight, um, mm. just because he, it like everyone, he kind of suffered for the, um, or suffered with the kind of the overreaching sort of bug. I think like exaggerating the finer points of their characters. Yeah, and all the time, the character of Hollister was basically boiled down to he's a fat man. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, the writing wasn't really doing him any favors. Yeah, all the jokes were. Ba- were pretty much based around his physicality and the Dennis the Donut Boy thing which is just weird yeah now this woman Talia who we all uh, she's a nun right I think is that's what's revealed in the yeah <laughs> however <laughs> that is in the mirror universe that it's revealed that she's the nun and that is the opposite of the real universe so in is she a prostitute then in our real universe is she indeed <laughs> having it off with Hollister Every off with Hollister. Every off with Hollister. Oh, is it? Has it? Was it overlooked at the writing stage? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in series eight, are you sure? <laughs> Why aren't you under your duvet? <laughs> your duvet looks really comfy. Because fat people get too hot. Don't I know it? <laughs> this is Tony Slattery returning to Red Dwarf after a decade. Yeah. Uh, after he was in Crichton, during that decade, he put all of his belongings into the Thames. <laughs> he's, uh, he suffered ill health, <laughs> shall we say, between them, and sort of disappeared from telly, sort of in the mid nineties, having been ubiquitous in the late eighties, early nineties, and turned up as a vending machine, and then turned up as a vending machine. This is around the time that he was kind of around again, like yeah. just at the start of him. Kind yeah, of. never quite hit the same heights, of course, but then. It was years mm. later, people just disappear from him. But I think he's actually quite good in this. Like His performance is quite good. He's a very... It's a very series... Well, it's a very kind of Dave-era performance. Yeah, I guess. Really, for Vendium, especially Series 11, actually. I think the, the, the general appliances in Series 11 have more this sort of personality. A little bit brash and outwardly yeah. comic, but actually not bad, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like the lift. They have a cunning and like and try and get one over Rimmer, yeah. Rimmer specifically. This is kind of the genesis of a lot of series ten and eleven, isn't it? Yeah. Just, I mean, well, we said at the time series ten felt like eight done correctly, mm. or well, eight done as we wanted it to be. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> there's not bandy about yeah. absolutes. Oh, you suddenly look better, mate. <laughs> well, he is a bit yellow in He's the very face. yellow. He's yellowed up, but in a way that's fine. Not in a way. Not in a Series 10 kind of way. (laughs) Or leave yellowed. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This is a good five minutes. (laughs) We've been very very straight, very factual, like getting through the... This is a a great joke, this one, (laughs) about Cat's rock albums. (laughs) Fucking hell. Yeah, we've. Uh, <laughs> it's normally me and Danny alone that tackle the shit episodes, but we thought we'd drag Capsi and Joe along yeah. for the ride. <laughs> I mean, this isn't even. I mean, like, what was it? Fifth, fifth best in eight, like, and that's yeah. about right, maybe. Hopefully, like, it's yeah. it's one of the better ones, but by dint of the fact that it's the last episode, and so it has a bit of drama at the end, and it's got the odd <laughs> bit that, like, Cat's performance in the Mirror Universe is. I think Cat's performance. Danny, Danny <laughs> Jules' performance is pretty good. And one of the high points. And so it has it, its moments. At least it, gave, it gives... Danny in particular, actually, has a lot of different things to do in this episode, which we'll come to. But uh, yeah. <laughs> he, um, 
Yeah, and so much so during series eight, he was he suffered more than most characters, I think, with the mm. fact that there were six main characters all of a sudden plus Hollister. Yeah, and Ackerman and Kill Crazy and all those chaps. Um, <laughs> but yeah, from being one of the funniest of the main characters throughout series six and seven to them being so much in the background, you know, yeah. it was a real shame for the cut. And to be fair, now the funniest character in series ten definitely one of the funniest characters in series eleven. Yeah. In terms of being given the jokes. Given the jokes and the well, I guess he always had the performance. Yeah, he's always did. really been the character. So that's why maybe only the good is a good episode for Danny because aside from the piss poor joke about changing CDs on the, he's got some something to get yeah, his teeth into. Something. Oh yeah, it's oh, this. It's Jesus this episode. Christ. I'd forgotten this was in this episode. <laughs> For those not watching along, it's uh, Crichton doesn't understand about periods. That's hilarious. For some reason. Despite we... the fact that he's a sanitation droid and, and sanitary products <laughs> yeah. are very much in his wheel arch. Well, wasn't it the whole <laughs> Is thing? Is that, that the phrase? Wasn't it the thing that he had all of his, all of the cash files about, all of the stuff about women removed oh, yeah. so he doesn't know about women anymore? Yeah. It's basic biology. Oh, yeah. Over the years, you've had more RAM than a field of sheet. That's yeah. a 1997 computer reference. <laughs> <laughs> Phil the sheep is full of sheep, not round. Yeah, and also, <laughs> if he had. Anyways, we're getting off the point. <laughs> if he had loads of RAM, then he'd have lots of short term, fast storage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which has nothing to do with his cash flow. Oh, anyway. Well, it's good that we've, <laughs> we've brushed over the. Fuck ticket to right, right? as to Listen. whether this is <laughs> sexist or anything. <laughs> what sort of a cliffhanger resolution was that, anyway? <laughs> It's um, it's just it's it, it, it I don't mm. <laughs> I don't know if it's if I would no, there think it, it was sexist. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't think it is. Sexist. Um, it's just really like it's, I don't weird. Know. it's, it's just uh, a bit that corny, brand. really. Yeah, it's a, just a bit. Ah, uh, men and women are different yeah. type yeah. humor. There's no, there's nothing nasty about it or anything. No. It's it's very just base. It's just yeah. It's like the lowest common. Like, how long is base basically? <laughs> Uh, it's not. I think it's just that it goes on for quite a bit. That yeah, I have a problem with it. it like oh, yeah. the there. the the reveal of just have a fantastic period is quite a funny concept. If it if that was it, and then they moved on. Yeah, but yeah. it does make. I don't know. I think it does make the 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 payback worth it. That they're, they're mm. paying them back for what they've done makes this. This wouldn't make sense in any other context unless he really messed up with. Um, how does Crichton know about the adverts, the period adverts, to reference them oh, yeah. if he knows nothing about periods? <laughs> blue. Which, again, is quite a good line. <laughs> Pouring blue liquid on things. Yeah. But, but yeah. That, that implies that, that, that Lister actually like took him somewhere and showed him period adverts, <laughs> yeah. in which case he would know what period was. Well, it's very lonely in deep space. You've got to get the material you can. <laughs> Yeah, and they would be because this is in the future. They would be period period adverts. Uh, <laughs> but yes, the, yeah. The fact, Cri- Lister pranks Crichton and then Crichton pranks him back. Is that something Crichton would do? Oh, <laughs> what are doing? I, I think it's down to the prison dynamic throwing all the characters off because yeah. it's maybe something you'd expect in a prison sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Like in trading pr- yeah. Pr- pranks because that's what you, you do in prison to amuse yourself. But these characters don't really. Fit into prison. Like, Crichton deliberately getting Lister and Rimmer into trouble with both the guards and with Baxter. Yeah, he's like he's literally putting them in danger. 
Yeah, it's it's like Crichton doesn't fit into this scenario at all because in reality Crichton would do exactly what he was told, even with his broken programming. Yeah, and Rimmer would also do what he was told to a fault. Like he he's a bit too rebellious as well. Mm. List of <laughs> fits this, into yeah. it, all right. absolutely, and and the cat does as well. But it's just. Yeah, and that's it. Rim and and it we've everything. undoubtedly discussed it about series eight many times. <laughs> yeah, why are half of them even in prison? <laughs> the whole yeah. thing is built on a contrivance. Yeah, <laughs> we do like Red Dwarf for anyone who's just tuned in. <laughs> we're looking forward to series twelve. Yes, yeah. Or, or series twelve was really good, wasn't it? Depending <laughs> on when we release this. Oh, series twelve was really shit, actually. <laughs> This um, is a good bit of knowledge to use um, in certain pointless questions. The, uh, there's a Steven Spielberg film yes. called Jewel. I think Ishtar has served me well on uh, Dustin Hoffman films on a pointless final <laughs> uh, as well. I think um, I, I guessed um, musicals that have won the Olivia Award. I, I thought I'd run for your wife. <laughs> and it might have been correct. I can't remember. They got a fax machine in their prison cell yes. in the future. Hang on, did he just pick that up from underneath the? Yeah. He got a, they got a fax from oh. Crichton saying, "Look under the, the See, draft board." What would have been quite funny is oh, if Lister literally flipped over the draft board and looked on the back, and there's nothing there, but it's underneath, just revealed on the table. <laughs> there you go. If they sit under the draft board, my brain would think it's stuck at the bottom rather than just you know. Uh, um, but like, could he not just show them that note? Yeah, it's like the lead monarine short treasure. We have stolen Baxter's huge and hidden it in your in somewhere. (laughs) But that's incrimination. That would yeah, Crichton would get in trouble if if well, I don't know if he'd sign it or been stupid (laughs) enough to. Actually, to be fair to it, we've skipped over um, a quite a good joke. Because by this point, um, Holly's done the um, sound inspection. Oh, so yeah, which is actually quoted in our yeah. circle quite a lot so we've got to give it its dues that was a good joke yeah it's a very good so joke. there's one it was good timing it didn't stick around too long like literally everything else in series eight i missed that then so why are they not pouring it away because the, the septic tank is full because uh. there's a big sign that's flashed up saying tank full okay I like the line, it will put hairs on your lips. <laughs> It'll put hairs on And then hair. it's and hairs <laughs> on your hairs. But it sounds like uh, Chris stumbles over that line. He says, It'll put hairs on your hairs. I think it's Rimmer th- like thinking about yeah. an escalation. Oh, that could. I, I, That's I've, a kinder interpretation. I've always took it as Rimmer searching for it. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm the same. Why do they have a septic tank in a <laughs> permanent <laughs> prison? I don't know. And also, you, like, you wouldn't. It is in space. So space. Yeah, but... oh, you so, just push it out there. Oh my Christ, look at How that caption. How often does it get emptied then? <laughs> <laughs> the There's fonts, right. I wish John was here. <laughs> I always <laughs> wish John was here. <laughs> the font situation in this episode is not only... They're not content with picking one shit font and being consistent with it. There are multiple yeah. piss poor fonts throughout the episode. Do you it's know what obviously it, that one in the, in the that said five minutes Schlater just looked like a default, like hastily added well, default I, I caption think, in I an think edit. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. It's either default font or sci-fi font in yeah. Premiere or whatever. Um, I don't know. Do you have Digital. non-linear editing at this point? Yes, it would probably been 
have really, but I'm not sure. Um, it, what it smacks of is the remastered as well. Like the, the the sort of, I mean, you get the odd extra caption and remastered as well, but it feels hasty mm. and it feels like it's stitching things together in a way that the actual footage shot couldn't. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it yeah. It's not just the sort of the sloppiness of the font, although that belies kind of. The and I guess like of the whole traditionally concept. in Red Dwarf, if you want to do passage of time, you have a little model shot. Yeah. And the yeah. Length, and the length of that model shot determines how much time has passed. Yeah. Subconsciously. But let's throw that. I mean, they still do it in eight, but maybe yeah. they had to chop and change so much that it was a bit like. What do you, was it series ten that just had constant model shots? Or like yeah. constant scene breaks with model shots and the same bit of and music. And the same bit of music. Yeah. So maybe they wanted to avoid something like that at the time and so they broke it up a different way. But uh, Chris Barry does a good falling over. Yes. Yeah. It did. There's no faltering. There's, yeah. There's certain key things that people can do and it doesn't matter what series, it doesn't matter what form the rest of the show <laughs> is in. If you ask Chris Barry to fall over in a funny way, he will. Yeah. If you ask Chris Barry to do most things in a funny way. Ricky uh, Grover. I'm getting a cluster headache. <laughs> I saw um, Ricky Grover on an episode of Pointless Celebrities recently, and he did a thing where, when he got an answer wrong and scored a hundred points, he did a comedy storming off, and then that was reported in the Daily Express as furious comic uh, Ricky Grover storms <laughs> off TV's Pointless. They do that quite a lot. Idiots. That's another good joke. By the cat, you're going to squeeze their rolls. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then more things. Two happen. more lines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that is. Yeah, that's a good example. You're going to squeeze their rolls. Is fine. You don't need to say. Sure, that's annoying. But, but they'll be yeah, relieved yeah, because they don't care about their bread rolls in relation to their. <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead of assumed you're going to beat them up. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that was. It's <laughs> 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 <That is> utterly <laughs> absurd. It's quite lumped <laughs> of plasticine on Crichton's already plasticky face. <laughs> it's quite amusing. Robot diseases. It kind of looks like idea. he's being motion captured. <laughs> it's Andy Serkis' technique. Yeah, you could just replace his face with that. And here is a character who's not named in the dialogue, but is called Big Meat in the credits. <laughs> and... He later played a Slitheen in um, oh, Aliens yeah. of London, oh, yeah. the Doctor Who episode. So he's only in the only the very best episodes of the show <laughs> that he appears in. Aliens of London is not terrible. Oh, it's not as if you've watched it relatively recently. <laughs> Curiosity in a junkyard.wordpress.com. This is this is this is a long-winded way of getting hospitalised when you could just lie about having really bad stomach pains. <laughs> They'll dress up as a nurse. The food looks really horrible. Which I know I guess that looks is... like a um, that actually looks like a Cumberland sausage from Tesco's. Oh, well, we know that the, the muffins time. come from Tesco. Yeah, I was working at Tesco exactly <laughs> in this period. I was living and working, working in, in Tesco. Tesco deli counter. <laughs> Times are hard. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a tes- big Tesco in Shepperton. Yeah, and, and so that's a, where their supplies come from. Tesco, um, yeah, um, cupcake uh, muffins. Yes. yes, like Martha used to make. She used to work in Tesco. Yeah. It was a it was a popular place to work in the late nineties. <laughs> I like the way that the cat shoves his mouth full of food to cushion the blow. <laughs> to cushion the blow of the impact. 
I wonder if there's fan fiction that says yes. what happens between Cat and Big Meat later when Big Meat decides to be Cat's bitch. Yes. <laughs> it's just a bit... It's too far. Too, it's too much. <laughs> no, no. And then his lady... I'm going to do gay things to you. <laughs> Watch out. Better dress up as a woman unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lovely body. Go He's nice. so skinny. Bloody pins. <laughs> nice pins. <laughs> He's not any less skinny now. No. But it, it's a fluttering outfit for him. The outtakes on the good look. Good. It is a good look. <laughs> There's some good, almost plausible, good <laughs> comedy faces from um, Craig there. Actually, some good sort of subtle, like oh, a bit tipsy and hello, a woman. This is a bit exciting. Look at that big kind of on set. Well, I presume on set effect and setup mm. looks dramatic. Suddenly, They're not just in a prison cell. They're doing sofa things. Yeah. Although, admittedly, we're, what, halfway into the episode and this is the first sci-fi thing to have happened. It's a bit stitched. Yeah. Yeah, stitched it's cut and shunt. There's all this Cunt stuff about... <laughs> there's all these escalating pranks and then suddenly... Oh, there's a plot now. Yeah, we've got that micro And we just had... Um, Pete Part 1 was just escalating pranks oh, for yeah. a whole half hour. Yeah. Like Lister and Rim are getting into more and more trouble, and in fact, throughout part two as well. So it's a bit samey. This it's, is a top-notch bit of CGI, yeah. <laughs> copying and pasting thousands of blue midgets and Starbucks oh across so the what, gi- the world's giantest red dwarf. What a great set direction, though! It's like hundreds of Starbucks and blue midgets flock out of red dwarf yeah. in an emergency <laughs> evacuation. However, <laughs> however, this is this is 1998, <laughs> and we're using CGI from 1998 Poor on a budget of pence. Chris Veal in his mo- was he just series seven? He was in his mum's basement, or was it? Maybe yeah, eight, I think maybe he graduated. by the time of eight, he'd, um, he'd upgraded to his well, own seven, basement. Seven, he was presumably doing something very well. He was definitely doing something very last minute, yeah, and with no money. And this presumably he was. This yeah, is a start. fucking stretch. Yeah, yes. this is a leap. I have just put this together. I've always been fascinated by the costumes in this because this is the first time since back in the red that they've been seen not in prison outfit. Oh yeah. And so, Lister Craig's in a slightly weird. It, it just looks weird on him because you haven't seen him in that yeah. setup for yeah. quite some time. And the cat is wearing a zebra print jacket, which he wore. Um, but there's a run of ten episodes where we only see him in either that or. Uh, his prison outfit, like between six and between, is uh, uh, is in it in Nanaki uh, at oh, the end okay. um, when he when they fly into Red Dwarf and he's in it throughout back in the Red Part one two and three, and then he puts it straight back on. And it's not the same zebra jacket that is in um, Terraform. Because oh, they that one's terif- still the terraform one's coloured in. It's still coloured in. So it must yeah, because be it's been sold recently, hasn't it, on prop stores? Ah, uh, yes. So now we're in opposite land, where the exact opposite of Captain Hollister is Rimmer. <laughs> I would, 
argue they are very similar types of people. Just one of them managed to. <laughs> well, it should be listed. It should be listed. Yeah, because it's a second in command thing. Should that not be the cold bottom. lemon? Yeah, it should be cold orange. orange. <laughs> <laughs> Why is orange the opposite of lemon? <laughs> That's the Why balance of St. Clements. Why is it not? Uh, but yeah, Lister was the lowest rank crew member, and Hollister is the highest rank crew member. Yeah. So they should. So maybe, maybe the opposite of Rimmer is Todd Hunter. Yeah, because second in command, they have to have the the, the officer in, you know, officer. deputy officer or deputy captain. I like the idea as well that people writing with their weaker hand just can't control where the pen is at all. Just draw a massive circle. Ah, so... Rimmer has a tiny penis. IRL. Yeah, but... So in the other universe, he's got very large nostrils. He doesn't suddenly have tiny, dainty nostrils. True. (laughs) Not everything the opposite. Why doesn't... Everything is opposite, Dan. It's a mirror. Some things are opposite. Why doesn't Hollister notice when he says, Oh, of course, this is the reverse. (laughs) (laughs) What? Everything is backwards here. (laughs) And why are you the same person? But but is she, though? Because she is the nun of this (laughs) rimmer. But what is she to our Hollister? Ah, Hollister. Who art in the captain's office? <laughs> Oodles of Tommy Tongue is a funny phrase. <laughs> I'm not sure that warrants a round of applause. Uh, <laughs> I think, relatively so speaking, <laughs> yeah, it may do. The bar is lowered, but um, yeah, it's quite well, a long-running gag because it goes right from the beginning of the episode right to the end. Yeah, it's just it's that like, it's, weird, it's, it's flabby like middle bit. It's I guess. the same as the joke in. Um, well, it's not the same as the joke. It's the whole sort of the gap between setup and punchline is very much the same as the meat in um, lemons, and then revealing that mm. it's actually something uh, else. It's like that kind of thing. The reveal's halfway through the episode. Yeah. Oh, the moose. <laughs> yeah. But we are hurtling towards the end. A lot of. There was a lot of backwards universe stuff, or mirror universe stuff that was cut, wasn't there? So, hang on. Where does the machine come from again? Crichton just makes it. So, he, he literally, it's not even scavenged from something we'd heard no, about. No, he's cobbled it together using a leopard, uh, leopard lager can. Yeah, and stuff. he, like, invents it. He's probably been, he's had a lot of time to think while he's been in prison. That's true. <laughs> uh, the opposite of... A smart woman is this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this is Cat again doing something a bit different. There's this weird thing with the with the hand being edited in. Yeah. It's like absolutely stiff and everything else as well. His bottom hand edited in. Yeah, it's like the, 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 the thing he had in his hand was the wrong tube. He was so holding the black one, not yeah. the white one. So to swap it out, but they've literally cut in like on a wipe down, like a diagonal wipe down the screen, and it's like you just see his hands do not move at all. Jesus, this is this is a good like to come back and everything's everything's gone to shit. Yeah, it's dramatic. Yeah, up to a certain point, which will come to very very shortly. But yeah, so much stuff cut in the deleted scenes because there was more with opposite Kachansky. Um, Opposite Lister got cut entirely. Oh yeah. he had a big moustache. Spanners. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the entire ending was then ditched. 
It, yeah. So originally he came back and everyone was there, but they realised then that the formula was wrong, so he went back and did the thing of having to remember it, and then they all go, oh, Cecium Franklithic, Milligam Dixie, Alibigam Dixie, Ridicity Drexler. Didn't you know that? We know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that so that would have taken that really good punchline. Yeah. And Sue's hated it. Yeah. So in a way, this yeah. slightly weird. Well, it was always a botched job because it wasn't, you know. Doug didn't want to end the series like this. Yeah. And then they recorded the whole ending where everything's fixed and everything's fine. They've essentially got back to where they were at the end of series five, back <laughs> on the ship. Yeah. Uh, they've gained a Kachansky and Holly's now a man again, but uh, Hollister and everyone else, the entire crew, gone apart from them. Although, didn't they say that all the prisoners were left on the ship? So presumably somewhere else... There's all a bunch of people just fucking rioting and smashing Burned the place up. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, of course. So yeah, all the prisoners were left behind. These five prisoners banded together and found a solution. But maybe the that ending wouldn't have worked because it was supposed to be. Oh look, it's just us on the ship now. Oh yeah, apart from these prisoners. Yeah, it's but, pretty fucking but presumably the prisoners are still on the ship. Oh my god! <laughs> so something happens between series eight and Back to Earth. Well, I guess a lot of things did. Yeah, maybe it, I, <laughs> in the I think, it, I think it's explained in series twelve. Actually, <laughs> I said bye. Head bye. I said Not yet. Bye. <laughs> and this, uh, well, the fact that they dropped the original filmed ending um, happened. Oh no! They what was it? They replaced it with Richard the, uh, Naylor's idea. I was just about to reveal oh, that bollocks. as a punchline, you prick. They, <laughs> what was it that they replaced it with? Just it fading out on Rimmer, um, with the thing with to be continued, and oh, yeah, yeah, he Doug showed it to his sons, and they said that it was too bleak and they should do something better, um, something funnier, and so he went and did that. So death turning up indirectly is uh, Richard Naylor's first major contribution <laughs> yes. as producer of Red Dwarf. He didn't get credit though. No. It's a thankless task. Um, uh, okay, so on reflection, maybe the death ending is actually better than that sort of damp squib fade out ending. Well, and then there was the other other ending. The, and then the others. Well, I don't the plan know. was to do Ace Rimmer, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Uh, there was well. several endings, so they filmed one ending ditch that then the second choice was going to be to fade out on Rimmer falling to the ground and saying oh smeg then third option was going to be Ace Rimmer turns up which they didn't shoot because they then decided to do death instead yeah and so that's version the fourth choice <laughs> yeah of like you know a very disrupted series yeah that his last episode yeah was. it wasn't supposed to end with anything yeah. good at all so it was the best of a bad job absolutely and then well, here we are now, where we're relatively speaking, com- considering how seven and eight went. Like ten was, like uh, when it comes to like impact on the series, ten was definitely less sort of impacted by not because you can really see like the cracks in eight, and you can see the cracks in seven in the special effects. But at least uh, you know, even though ten loses two episodes, it still feels very. I uh, think yeah, the yeah. beginning definitely doesn't feel like a rushed job. No, yeah. But then neither does Out of Time, really, or The Last Day. Yeah. It's just done well. But Dear Dave, I'd say you can definitely tell that there's yeah, problems absolutely. there. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, just with this, the ending with the smeggities and everything, I th- I was so annoyed by this for <laughs> so long, for so long. 
But three little words at the beginning of Back to Earth instantly made me stop caring, which yeah. were nine years later. Yeah. The indication of, ah, so the show has just moved on and forgot that happened. I can do the same. Yeah, fuck and that. That is no longer <laughs> the last bit of Red Dwarf for a start, but also you can just ignore it because because yeah. it's not important to the ongoing new show. Yeah, yeah. And actually, but, yeah. The, the nine years later seems specifically designed for that as well. It doesn't even need to be in Back to Earth. Mm. It's there to kind of almost to say, just hey, forget about that. Let, let's get on with it. Yes, people still don't. People, there's a lot of people clamouring for a proper solution to that and I think the what they did in the beginning was the best way to get around I it mean, just to is, deliberately yeah. poke fun at the idea and never that, that was it then that was the only chance you're ever going to get of them mentioning what happened <laughs> after that it's just like no nah, you're never going to find out yeah. <laughs> and that's part of the fun because then you can make up your own minds yeah, it doesn't it, matter because you know where they end up so it doesn't guess matter what? continuity hasn't ever particularly been a thing with Red Dwarf no. ever shocker like the like the the jump from um 8 to back to earth isn't even nearly as egregious as the jump from 2 to 3 when mm. it comes to like jarringness and uh, like everything being different, yeah. everything being different. and yeah. yet no like it, actually what's interesting is um uh, Steve Harris uh old school Red Dwarf fan Captain Darling Captain Darling um who I remember saying as he watched it going out at the time, that the jump from two to three, he really didn't. I, I might be misattributing this, but basically, at the time, it was a it, the fans weren't particularly didn't particularly take it that well initially, mm. just because it's like, well, this isn't the show. Yeah, I've been watching at all um, until it became evident that it was the same show, it was just done differently. But um, so I guess Red Dwarf has always just been really throwaway with its um, cross series continuity mm. um, I guess as well like Doug, Doug is definitely aware of the general feeling towards the last couple of series yeah. uh, of the BBC era and I'm sure that if it was a cliffhanger that was on a par with only, uh, with Out of Time then I, I myself might be a bit keener to see what the resolution is supposed to be Yeah, but when it's that <laughs> you know I'm not I'm not clamouring to I mean, the idea of literally kicking death in the balls is kind of... It is a funny idea. But as... It's like we were saying, the episode does ramp up in the dramatic stakes towards the end. Yeah. And when he comes back from the mirror universe and everything's gone to shit and he realises that he can't fix everything the way he thought, then because we care about the characters, it's actually quite dramatic and exciting, briefly. Yeah. And then it just descends into comedy it's like that, it undercuts itself that comple- yeah completely removes that peril and a funny idea is there but in order to have it there you sacrifice any sense of jeopardy really it turns the whole situation into a joke uh, because you know is he literally there <laughs> is he literally whacking death in the balls is he unconscious is this a thing what is going on either way it's it's just not I'm not clamouring to figure out how Rimmer got out of that one because it's yeah. because the, the the cliffhanger itself undercuts yeah. that dramatic impetus. It's, it's left everyone um, out of time. Left everyone excited and with theories. And this is all, already disappoints people before the cliffhangers even <laughs> happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like it's resolved itself and it's already been disappointing. So everyone's just like, "Well, yeah, fuck yeah. that. What's next? Move on." Yeah. 
Um, and then, of course, there's the smeggities. Mm. And there's no need to say anything about the that. The smeggities. <laughs> the font returns one last time <laughs> to just kick us, kick us, the viewer, in the balls. <laughs> I am become death. <laughs> I am become death. Ball, this receiver. Re- of... Recipient of kickings to balls. <laughs> I think we should stop talking. Yeah, though. we should probably stop talking. This isn't the last episode that we're doing of eight, so we we no, can no. do our big roundup when we do Cassandra. Because what the world really needs is more Blood. conclusions about series eight. But <laughs> <laughs> well, this could be like our definitive conclusion. Like we might never talk about series eight ever again after that one. Do you want to fucking bet on it? <laughs> <laughs> it is Symes's law. I remember I coined it. Symes's law. The longer a discussion about Red Dwarf on the internet goes on, the Likelihood of it turning to series seven and eight approaches one. <laughs> well, we'll probably end up talking about series eight for approximately half of the first um, large <laughs> yes, of series, series twelve. 12. <laughs> so look forward to that. Yeah. But in the meantime, man who played death, everybody. Man, man who, who played, played death. Thank you for listening to GNT Dwarfcast, and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcast again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye. Goodbye.